everybody? Welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're out here with episode 44, and we're returning from Bristol for what was definitely a wild weekend with a lot to talk about uh, on the track with the action. And we were there tearing it up and finishing off some vodka and plenty of Miller Lights. So it was a it was a wild weekend, and the to quote uh, Tim Duggar, the signs of a good time were definitely there this weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, shit, I've been running hard the past three weeks, the opening round of the playoffs, all three races. Your boy, I was there. So, yeah, it was uh, you and hell, you went to two of those. So, hell yeah, we've been covering a lot of racing. That was your second three-peat, wasn't it? Because I remember when we first met, that's when you did your three-peat from Richmond, Talladega, Dover. Is that so? Was this your second three-peat? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that is correct. Damn, that's all. Yeah, I'm three-peat has still not been accomplished for me. I've had a lot of two in a rows now, no three-peats. You haven't so, done a three-peat yet? I I have not. Oh, no, wow. I've I've. I've been close, but no, no, no three peats. Gotcha. I thought you, I thought you had checked that off the list. So damn, that is so. That is, I still hold the accomplishment of the group, but I don't think anybody else has done that yet. So that is. It seems like the dates never line up. Like I've. I've it's tough, dude. I know. I know my bank account is definitely paying for it right now. Um, but damn, if I didn't have a lot of fun over the last three weeks. God, I feel that. Like, yeah, that was a. Uh, like I said, that's that's probably my last race of the year. I was thinking about going to Charlotte, but I don't, especially with, like you mentioned, the bank account, don't really want to have to miss a day of work as a result of that. So, Yeah, um, um, I think I'll, I will try to swing Martinsville um, and either trick it back home at Sunday night, make it real late night and not miss any work, or end up taking Monday off. Not sure yet. We'll have to... We'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But, man, yeah, what a wild weekend of Bristol. Like I said, with lots to unpack. Uh, a little bit of outlaws this weekend with a one-day show, Saturday night show out in uh, Keller Auto Speedway out in California. So, yeah, lots to cover today. Um, so let's get on into it. Um, what you got first on the docket for Bristol, bud? Well, we had Friday's truck race, which was won by Chandler uh, Smith. And correct. What that, a, was, that was Thursday, Thursday. night's truck race, yeah. Th- thursday you're right yeah. uh so you same friday but yeah that was thursday's truck race and that was won by chandler smith man and i don't think either of us made it to the end for that one it was a late night but chandler smith was in an absolute must win his season was on the line and he went for it and got around sheldon creed on the restart if you watch the end of that one and i guess the the controversy coming the end of that race was people saying john hunter Nemanchek gave chandler smith one uh, to get him in because because John Hunter definitely had a run and I think he kind of let Chandler's he de- definitely did not push the issue with Chandler Smith I'll say that I wouldn't go as far as to say he let him win or anything like that but he didn't push the issue he cut a teammate a break yeah and he, like, and oh, he yeah, said okay. he said something I can't remember what his exact line after the race and he said something like Chandler better thank me or or something along those lines after the race so yeah, totally, uh, totally get it. And I mean, hell, like I said, if he, like you said, he didn't want to uh, force the issue. Uh, he didn't want a terrible equipment. They had done that all night long in the ARCA race and, and in the truck race. Uh, and that, that's part of the reason why we didn't make it. I mean, uh, yeah, it was just a late night and they kept wrecking there late. 
in the race. So, yeah, neither of us made it to the end. I, I have not gone back and watched that restart. I'd have to go back and watch it. Curious to see what that footage looks like. Um, but, yeah, good for Chandler Smith to go out and get his first career win uh, in a must-win situation uh, and advances on to the second round of the playoffs because of it. Yeah, that was that that was a really clutch win for him and a win he's been looking for all year. I think he's been doing a good job in that truck and learning the trucks. He just kind of hasn't had his breakthrough moment yet, but he's a guy with a lot of potential and finally able to show that through and get to victory lane on Thursday. It was a race that Sheldon Creed really dominated, and it looked like Sheldon Creed was about to cruise to another win, and that would have been his third in a row, but... Chandler was able to get it done. You know, I woke up on Friday and looked and saw Chandler Smith won that race and was pretty happy for him. And we saw uh, we saw Austin Hill just – I think Austin Hill straight up overdrove his shit and he, he wrecked and he's out of the playoffs now. And we also saw – I think Todd Gillen was the opposite and Todd Gillen kind of didn't push the issue enough. And as a result, didn't really get any stage points and didn't end up advancing in the playoffs himself. So uh, we now have the truck playoff field cut down to eight. And their next race will be at Tal no, this weekend at Vegas. Okay. So, yeah, they got this weekend at Vegas. So where do, they, uh, where do they end this round at? They end this round at, at Martinsville. Martinsville, yeah. Yeah. And so that's the truck playoffs are weird, man. It's so short, but. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. Truck race, um, you had a lot of def- definitely different storylines. I know last time I was watching, uh, you had like guys like Austin Hill and Chandler Smith out. I mean, like I said, it, it really flip-flopped a lot there at the end of the race. Um, I know I, I texted you, I think, going down the road, like what happened in the truck race last night? I haven't even looked to see. Um, and you told me Chandler Smith won. I was like, what? <laughs> How? Yeah, so he said Sheldon Creed definitely looked like he was on cruise control yet again for the third straight race. Uh, looked to sweep and looked to sweep the first round of the playoffs for the trucks, but just couldn't get it done. It was funny. I was listening to uh, Buckshot Jones on Dale Junior Download a few weeks ago, and like I don't even know he must not watch the trucks that much or whatever because uh, at the end of the show with Dale Junior. He's like, yeah, there's a couple kids from Georgia I want you guys to watch out for. And he named off Chandler Smith like he's a guy NASCAR fans might have not heard of. And he's a guy that's been full-time in the truck series all year. But it was, it was, was he got that stamp of approval from, from Buckshot a few weeks ago, and then he was able to get to victory lane. So I guess you can say Buckshot gave him some good omens going into this one. I, that was just all my mind after Chandler Smith won that race. I don't know if you listened to that or not. Uh, I had started to. I haven't haven't been able to finish it. I try to keep up with the newer ones as much as possible, and then if I got some, some free time, I will uh, go back and listen to some older episodes. But I did start it. Just haven't got all the way through it yet. Best one was the one with the PR guy, by the way. That one that was a good episode. Yeah, that book is really good. I don't know if you've ever read that book. I haven't actually. It's really Do good. I, I might look into that. Uh, I actually read it back in the day, man, when I was like a kid, like eight or nine years old. Well, I'll definitely like look legit, into that. Like fifth grade, I think I, I was reading that book. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet yeah, book. Uh, 
and, and that's certainly would maybe become a NASCAR fan, but we won't get too sidetracked on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, Friday, man, what a day Friday was from getting up early, tra- traveling down there, um, get hustling around and get some beer and and liquor, and then going to the fan zone and meeting up with Chris Hacker, truck series driver, who's gonna run his second career truck race this week at Vegas. So uh, all good stuff. Go back and listen to it. We got um, a five-minute episode with him. Got to talk about some of his upcoming plans and and kind of his story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him fire off a tweet, like, early in the day. Like, I, I can't even remember what all it was, something about wanting to meet fans or, or something. And then, I, you know, I fired a tweet off. I knew I wasn't going to be there yet. I didn't get there till Friday night around 10, like, right as the Xfinity race was ending. But I was like, hey, man, you want to come on the Race 1 through 10 podcast? And I told him after the race if he wanted to come. And he said, uh, no, I want to do it before the race. And, you know, we, uh, you know, sent him the DM. And I sent you the text and was like, hey, we got Chris Hacker coming on. So you'll want to knock that out. And uh, you did it. You killed it. And it was good to talk to him for sure. That was awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, he's a really good, really cool guy. Um Hope to hang out, meet him a couple more times. Uh, really, really good kid. Five minute episode. That was num. That so we what made that episode forty three, which yeah, a little little bonus forty four, little bonus episode for you guys. But no, that was uh that was good. You know, it was cool to hear his story. He ran the truck race on Friday night, and I don't know where he. No, was no, I don't think he raced the trucks. He ran at Gateway a couple weeks back. He ran. Uh, he ran at Gateway. Yeah. I said at Friday night too. I'm I'm all messed up, but yeah. um, still but yeah, no, that was awesome. He ran he ran the arc on Friday night or on Thursday night, I believe. I'm and, not uh, sure on that. Yeah, he, believe he ran arc on Thursday night at Bristol. So don't know where he finished in that. Don't even know who won that race, but I I just heard from the door bumper clear guy. I guys that, won the race. He did. Yes. Gotcha. That's right, because yeah, I saw those double burnouts. I don't think Chris was in that race. He wasn't? I don't believe so, no. Shoot. What was he even doing in Bristol then? He was uh, hanging out with Joe Graff uh, on top of the, the pit box learning. Oh, okay. Race. Gotcha. Okay. Taking notes. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, there's that answer. But, yeah, no, nevertheless, that was, a, that was a cool interview we got to do for sure. But yeah. And then Friday, you know, we that crazy Xfinity race. So I was on the way up there the whole time listening to the Xfinity race on Sirius. Sirius guys killed it as usual. Love listening to those guys. And you were there at the race and got some awesome videos. And wow, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what can you say about that finish? You called it the most exciting Xfinity finish of all time. I kind of gave you some shit for that at first, but honestly, it's not really that crazy of a take. Uh, no, no, dude, honestly, that that was the most epic race I've ever been to. I mean, that, and that's both races this weekend at Bristol, and we're going to dive into the Cup Series one later here, but both races this weekend will be talked about for a long, 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 long time. I mean, that's 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 the gold standard. I mean, it, it was the proof's in the pudding. It was the highest... Rated pole on Jeff Gluck's was a good race. I mean, if the Xfinity race had one, I can only imagine what the score would be. Yeah, I mean, that was just 
and an absolute barn burner. Uh, so early on, ju- it was Justin, Justin Allgaier and Daniel Hemrick kind of dominated the race and were, were exchanging the lead back and forth. And it's kind of kind of funny. Those are my two favorite Xfinity drivers. And on the way up, I was kind of getting FOMO. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, I'm missing this race. Derek's there. My two guys are dominating. Like, yeah. that, that was kind of in my head. Like, of course, I was like, I want to be there to see Daniel get his first win if that was oh, in the cards. Dude, I knew you would be kicking yourself if that happened. I was like, man, he's going to be so mad if Hemmer gets his first win and he does his backflip right here at Bristol. I was like, man. I was, and I was going to say, if I was going to miss that backflip, I was going to be like, I mean, I still would have been hyped that Daniel won, but I definitely would have been disappointed to miss it. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be, and then you said Allgaier. He had, I want to say they sped on pit road or something. He had a wild night. I mean, he sped on – I think he sped on pit road and had that had a penalty. But, you know, he got back up into it, and he was in that fight for the win there at the end. And, oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, they had, I think, probably the best car all night. Had they not had that penalty, um, the speedy penalty in the later half of the race, uh, I think they could have probably they ran was away speeding, with it. by the way, because him and Noah had – Yeah, at the same time. Cause they, talked, they talked about it how uh, just last week the junior – in the same organization with speed and they're like oh maybe it's a or i think junior was trying to make an excuse like oh it's an organization problem yeah but <laughs> no, I, yeah i remember that um it was him and noah got him noah wasn't able to recover as well but um justin all certainly was and it was uh it was pretty i mean but to see those two that, i mean you knew when those two were going to the back but the car that that Justin Allgaier had, and obviously Noah Gregson. He, we knew he had a good car. He was up there battling for the lead, racing. Probably had the second best car of the night, I think. Uh, and, and to see those two, you know how aggressive Noah is, and to see those two come through traffic. I mean, Justin Allgaier looked like a bat out of hell, man. I remember there was time he was three wide middle and just letting that thing scream off the corner. It was it was insane. And we'll it was never know what a We'll never know what would have happened, but, like, Josh Berry was absolutely flying early in that race. He started last, drove up to 10th, and broke in the first stage. So, we'll never know what he would have had, but he was absolutely flying and definitely would have been a factor in that race if he didn't break like he did. Yeah, I kind of totally forgot about that. And I didn't even realize who was in the one. I figured it was a net. Like, I was like, oh, he, he had been back in the car, like, you know, since he hurt his leg or whatever. And um, and I was like, oh, so it's it's got to be a net. And I was just like, damn, these junior motorsports cars are on, on a rail tonight. And then as soon as he had his issues, when I was I was listening to the TV broadcast, and they were like, oh, Josh Berry. And I'm like, oh, dang, I didn't know he was in that car. Um, but, yeah, he was definitely fast as well. Um, and we know he's got a short track background and would have definitely contended for the win, I think. And it, what, what's disappointing is is, uh, is for Michael Annette. Like, it seems like, you know, he's having a hard time recovering from that injury, and he's been in and out of the car. So, obviously, you hate to see that. But, I mean, if there's any positive, it's Josh Berry getting these opportunities just under shitty circumstances. But hope Michael Annette gets well soon. But, yeah, I mean, he was absolutely flying early in that race, and they just broke. Nothing Josh Berry did wrong, but – he definitely would have been a factor because, yeah, those JRM cars were fast. 
I picked Sam Mayer to win the race on the podcast last week, and I was he, pretty hyped. He was I fast thought, too. I thought my Sam Mayer prick. I thought I was going to speak it into it, and Sam Mayer win that race, and he had a chance for sure. Yeah, that car looked good. That car actually, I, that might be why I saved that uh, picture. I have to look at the date of that. Um, but that car, I think, reminded me of the old Coors Light car, like the Silver Bullet. You know. No, oh, yeah, it's certainly numbers. Did. It, was a, it was a nice scheme. Yeah. Uh, either way, um, really good, good, good night for JRM. Um, but you talked about a good seat time for Josh Berry uh, under unfortunate circumstances. Never want to see somebody hurt out of the seat. Uh, I don't believe it was a racing injury, but yeah, just hate to hate it for Michael Annette. Uh, probably, probably is the draw, the one drawing the short straw. For losing a seat next year, uh, unless Mayor's out, where I'm not really sure how the cards will play out there. They're going to go to five cars. Really? I, I think the last I heard is that Dale is still saying five cars. Huh. So Interesting. That'll yeah, be something we'll to keep an eye on. Yeah, certainly we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, but Sam Mayer's already confirmed, so... Annette's the only one that's not confirmed. So what I it'll either be five cars or Michael Annette's out. Right. There you go. So uh, <clears throat> you could tie the ends up for me there. But uh Mayor's yeah. confirmed, all guys confirmed, Greg's no, confirmed, yeah. Barry's confirmed. So Yep. Um but yeah, I mean that kind of brings us up to the finish. Uh got a late race restart and boy, what a show. Um. So yeah. So you had, uh, Austin Cindric got around Sam Mayer. They had a hell of a battle. I don't think they were too happy with each other. Even going back, I didn't see the replay of those two racing each other. But it sounds like they were racing the piss out of each other too, and maybe had you know a little contact back and forth between them. And maybe that's what set Austin Cindric off before that last restart was the way Sam Mayer raced him. I don't know exactly, but. I like I say I didn't see the actual video of those two racing, but it sounded like it was pretty aggressive between those two. And Austin Cindric ended up getting the lead, and then that caution came out for was that the Jed caution? Or? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. There, yeah, a caution came out for somebody late with like two to go in that race, and so we got to that overtime restart, and just all hell broke loose. All guy or got a run and made it three wide. And then, the, like, there's some, you know, all these guys are running into each other. And then it gets crazy on the the last lap is where Riley Herbst was a part of this battle, too. He was getting up, looking to challenge for the lead. It looked, Austin Cindric chipped, uh, chipped all guy or down the track into Herbst. And then, I don't know. You tell, you'll, you'll recap better than me because you were i'm trying to i know you you got your video and have have it down to a t so yeah my I timeline mean, of events is a little messed up right now yeah i'm going back and kind of re-watching it a little bit here um you had cendrick and uh almondinger uh, getting to each other off of turn four coming to the white um okay we'll go back restart so Cedric takes the lead. Then you have uh, Almondinger kind of go in there and bump him up out of the way off of turn two. And then they go into three and four. 
and they come off turn two, four, side by side. Almondera maybe gets into them a little bit, and then that's when it opens up the door for Allgaier. They get three wide, and Allgaier sends it into turn one, kind of overdrives it, and gets into Cendric. So Cendric at this point is definitely probably pissed off, you know? And then comes off the backstretch there and chops his nose, uh, Allgaier's nose, you know? That's what you talked about. He chopped it, chopped his nose off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then and Riley Herbst had a great run too, and he kind of caught the short end of that. Yeah, once they got the run off of turn two, you're saying? Yeah. When he came check nose checking off, the turn. yeah, and that that made it three wide per second with Herbst there on the bottom. Um, and then it goes into turn three, and uh, Almondinger with the lead. I don't really know what happened. You think Almondinger would have been able to drive away, but. Cindric sent it in there, I guess, uh, on the bottom when AJ was a groove up and kind of run into him off a of four. And that's what got both of them sideways as you cross the line. I mean, just incredible stuff. That picture of those two guys sideways crossing the, the start-finish line is just incredible. And then, then you have all hell breaks loose afterwards. Those two guys wreck into the inside wall and then – slide back up the racetrack into one and impiles about eight or nine more cars. So just, yeah, just crazy. That's probably the best green-white checkered I think I've ever seen for an any series. It's definitely up there. But um, so we can get into the – so, yeah, so we had this debate Friday night after the race, and we'll bet we can definitely have it here. I don't know if you're you, – uh, you're – way you see it has changed at all. But to me, I think Austin Cindric just kind of went into rage mode, didn't really race smart, and he could have won that race if, if he raced smart. That's the way I looked at it. You know, he had that run on the inside and or on the outside, drove down into Allgaier. I don't think he needed to do that. I think he had a good run then, and he should have just held his line. Drove down into Allgaier, took Allgaier and Herbst out of a chance to win the race. And then gets into turn three, and I, he had the run on the bottom. He had the run, and I th- he just raged and tried to wreck AJ rather than just race him. And to me, that just wasn't smart. I think he definitely could have won that race if he just held the bottom, took his run. And if you're still mad at AJ, go punch him in the face after the race. But, you know, I don't, I don't think – he was thinking rationally the way he was racing there and just drove it in and didn't really care what happened. But And like I said, on Friday to you, I don't think he maximized his chance to win that race. I mean, I think he did. I think, I mean, like I said, coming to the white there, AJ runs him up high off of turn four and just about spins him out. He's about to save it, and that's when I said it gets three wide. So that's... That goes. What's the count? One to one to AJ or one for Almondic? We'll count it as a who who's owed one, right? So Cindric is pissed or, or owed one at that point, right? Check. I'm me? listening. I'm I'm okay. listening. Yeah, like, okay, so I think Cindric is pissed there. Then gets run up in the same like two a corner later gets run up the track by Almond or. Allgaier, and then, like I said, he had 
a decent run off of two there. Um, maybe didn't need to chop the seven. I don't know. I mean, it's three wide. It's tight coming off of turn two. I don't know exactly. I'd have to, you know, I don't know if he turned the wheel or just, like, you know what I'm saying, trying to avoid the, the wall. Um, but I don't think he had enough run to, to beat him straight up. And that's why he knew he had to try to wreck him to get the win. I mean, he had to try to spin him out, and that's what he tried to do. Wasn't able to complete it, but I mean, like you said, he did he did he drive aggressive? Absolutely. Um, did he need to to get? He was going for the win. I mean, what did it end up being? I don't think it's extra fifteen points. I think it's extra what five. Uh, yeah, it's fifteen points to first and ten to second. Yeah, and so then it's only but extra. then five and and also five more points for the win. So a ten point swing. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, I said, if you're going for the win, I think he was going for the win. Ten points isn't that big of a deal. I, I don't think that's going to – I mean, that, that, it's not going to make or break the championship because it doesn't come down to points at the end. I'd say ten playoff points is a huge – because that was a ten wow, playoff there's nobody, points there's, there's nobody else in their league. Yeah, but we said the same thing about Kevin Harvick last year. Yeah, and we I mean – Look at that team since then. So I'm just saying, you know, you you can never just you you can never say anything's a guarantee, and that's yeah, why. I mean, like I said, it's easy to say, yeah, let's maximize our points, but it's also why, why wouldn't you go for the win? You're a race car driver. I mean, I don't. But I don't, I don't even. Your I don't, I don't think it. he maximized his chance to win that race, and I say that because, like I said, yeah, I think we disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I, th- I think he could have held his run on the bottom. I, I don't think he had enough run. I mean, go uh, go back and watch my video again. I don't think he didn't have enough run. The only chance he had was to send it in there and try to ship AJ out of the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean we we I mean we can debate it at length, but you know it'll just it'll just be the yeah, same stuff we talked about. Just saying the same thing over and over again. So yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. But either way, you know, you, you, there's a lot to race for for those guys because ten points can, you know, if they have a bad round, come ten round points two. isn't gonna matter when it comes down to Martinsville. Mark my words. Yeah, I mean, maybe it won't. You know, right, wait, it's not guys. even Martinsville. It'll be, I don't even know what it'll be for the Xfinity Series. They don't go to Martinsville. It's Martinsville. Is it? They go to Martinsville yeah. in the fall. Yeah. It's a triple header, huh? It is. Interesting. All right. Sure. But and that's what I'm saying. You know, both of those guys, the way they've been running all year, yeah, they they sh- should be comfortably locked in come then. But nothing's promised. You know, you get two new winners. You have a couple bad finishes. It's gonna start getting tight. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's easy to think that when you're driving up the road from Georgia versus when you're in the race car running around Bristol trying to trying to win a trophy. Ten points doesn't matter to Austin Cindric at that point. Guaranteed. But I mean you don't think the points were on those guys' minds at all. You don't think that has anything to do with why they raced as hard as they did. I mean, yeah, they won I mean since they're racing for those points was for the win. So it's like that's what it came down to. So it's like, yeah, that's you know what I mean? That's why they did it. I mean I agree with you. You know, that's a win at Bristol. That's a win, it's a win Bristol. at Bristol. It's for the regular season championship for those two guys. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, 
they were both going for those 10 points that we're talking about. I'm saying they're not that important. I mean, they were like, yeah, if I destroy my car for the 10 points, it's not a big deal. My team owner's not going to have my ass. No, but they destroyed those car, their cars, I'm saying, in part because they wanted those points. They yeah, wanted. I mean, like I said, I just – you say he, he didn't have to do that. I mean, I said I think he did have to do that. That's why he chose to spin AJ out and wreck him for the week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, – yeah, I mean, you can Monday morning quarterback all, that all day, but the bottom line is – Right, like I said, in the heat of the moment, he's thinking, oh, if I win this race, I'm going to win the regular season championship. I'm and that's why – and that's just where I disagree is I don't think in the heat of I, the I moment, you know, he, he raced the way he should have. I don't think like, he I don't there. think he maximized his – like, I don't care. If you, if you need to go win the race, go win the race. But I don't think he did what he should have done to have the best chance to win that race. Yeah, I guess. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can see it. You, need, all you day. need to. You need to be his crew chief or engineer or or on his team. I mean, I think he raged. Sign you up to for Penske, bud. I think he raged, man. That's all I'm saying. Like, I. I, think I don't he, think it's a rage. I said if he's going, he didn't rage. He didn't just go out there and straight up, flat out dump AJ Allmendinger. there. He like straight. He raced him for the win, and they ended up wrecking. It was like it. I, I brought this up. Well, let me ask you this. Let like, me ask you this. Did. Kurt Busch or Ricky Craven rage at Darlington? No, but, but I think Mark. I think Martin Truex Jr. raged at Martinsville. I brought that up to you on Friday when Joey gave him the bump. And, so that was when Joey gave Martin Truex Jr. the bump and run, and Joey won that race. And remember, Martin yeah, I mean, I, tried I, to turn I, I down think, into him. I think if getting pissed off is getting is calling it rage, then yeah, I guess he raged. Yeah, he was he was hot. And, and upset. That so it's, it's similar around. to that for me. Where, I mean, don't call like it you, rage. You were, you were at it's that not raging. Raging is what Matt Kenseth did to Joey Logano at Martinsville. That's All right. raging. Well, yeah, you can use whatever term you want to describe well, I mean, just get it. The, get the terminology right. That's not raging is what these guys did. What Martin Truex did or AJ did or Cindric did. It's not raging. But, like, do you agree, like, in that 2018, it's, like, a similar situation where I think if, if yeah, Truex it's like, drag race Joey Logano, but, Truex but still wins that Why race. would you just straight up straight up race him? He bumped into you. I'm going to bump you back, try to beat you. I mean, let's say you don't. It's easy to go back and look at the footage, like, oh, man, he got a good run here. He probably could have done this. It's, I mean, you don't, I, don't, I don't understand how you can be like, yeah, he should have done this. I guess. I don't know. It's just – blows my mind sometimes i mean we do that with every sport you know we say this I guess, quarterback yeah. should have made this throw like you know you can do that with every sport all day and that's why that's why we're sitting that's on why the you're couch. sitting here talking about it yeah that's why we're sitting on the couch talking about it and they're out in the race cars i guess if you want to be that guy with that opinion you got it it's you yeah i mean I don't know. I just you're saying he raged. I don't say it. See it as raging. Do I say that he was upset a little bit? Um, I mean, he was just. I said racing for the win and trying to do what he thought he could do for the win. And all all I'm saying is that I think if if he just drag races AJ, he w- might still win that. I think he has I mean, a better. He, he literally to spun him out and couldn't get to like still couldn't beat it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand. He, there was no way he was beating him on a drag race. 
He was at his rear quarter panel coming off of turn four. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand I'm, how you, you don't see the tape and think that he's going to beat him straight up. I don't understand how you see that in that video at all. I, I really don't. I mean, I think the point's certainly there, but, I mean, I think you can say it either way. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like, you know, you can talk about it all day. I think there's different ways it can be uh, – it can be looked at. You can make the argument either way, and we'll never know because what, what what happened happened, and the result that happened happened. So yeah, I mean, no, the only way you're gonna know is if you ask Austin Cindric. But like I say, all he's gonna tell you is he was racing for the win. Try to do what he could do to get the win. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, I. It was, yeah, and all I'm saying is there's just no way that he's gonna drag race him and beat him to the line. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying one way or another whether he would have, but I definitely think he he had a chance. He had a better chance if he did that. No way, no way in hell. Well, <laughs> that's why we do the show. I guess, yeah. And I'm sure we'll have more disagreeing on the cup race. Sure. So that's why we do this. But, I mean, hell, good win for AJ, though. That's important. Like you said, that's – a 10 point swing and that's 10 points in his pocket. And now uh, AJ and Austin actually both go into the playoff with the exact same amount of playoff points. They're both at 44. So that's, that's, that was a 10 point swing in AJ's favor. So that's huge. Um, it very well could, because we've seen guys we thought were comfortable before we've seen guys miss by one point guys miss on tiebreakers. So, if there's anything we've learned in this format, you have to go and chase every single point. So, 10 points that AJ gets as a result of winning that. Because I don't – if AJ finishes second, does he still win the regular season championship? No, I said I think they were racing for the regular season championship. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's big. that's big time for AJ for sure. Yeah, they've definitely come on strong of late. Good for uh, good for college racing. That's their first regular season championship as a team. So it's gonna be a fun Xfinity playoff. I think Austin and uh, AJ definitely have to be the two favorites going into it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are leaps and bounds better than the third place guys. I mean, yeah, you got JRM that can go out and win some races, um, but I think those two guys are. Are definitely who the race, who the championship is going to come down to um, in Phoenix, but you never know. Anything can happen in one race, um, so that's why we watch, see how it plays out. Well, I got down there like right as that race was ending, and I got in in time to see uh, Tim Duggar on Friday night with you, and that was an awesome show. Tim Duggar's the man. If you get a chance to go see him, go see him. He's awesome. He's a NASCAR fan. He's a great dude. Ricky Stenhouse was out there hanging out watching the concert. That was a great time. So, yeah, definitely a good time. Good to see Tim Duggar play a show. Um, I seen him at play the last time was at Bristol Motor Speedway back there in 2018. Uh, same spot pretty much. So, definitely. Did we go to that in 2018? I know I did. Me and Ben did. I don't know where you were. 
I, I'm just trying to think like where I would. Was it? Uh, was it after the cup race? No, it's literally. It was just after the Xfinity race. Just like it was. Just it was honestly the same. Same thing. It felt like 2018 again. Dude, it's just crazy. Like I don't remember seeing him. In, I mean, I might have seen him and just not remember at all. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, but I know me and Ben saw him, and then then there was like another concert there by our campground. Um, I don't know if there was one Saturday night like this year, but I know in 2018 there was like a couple concerts there after the race. But yeah, good times after the race. Uh, it's funny one of, one of the one of the people I know um, that we were camping with kind of down there. Um, she made the comment that this is the only racetrack where they don't want you, don't really like kick you off the property. You know, they want you to stay and hang out and they put on a damn concert for you. So, yeah, I mean, Bristol is, is awesome, right? Like first class track, the way they have it set up. I don't know. I mean, we do love Bristol, but is this where you want to insert your rant that you promised? What rant? About camping and everything. Oh, uh, we'll get to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't know. I didn't know if that would might have been a good transition to insert the rant, but yeah, this is this is your week to rant. I guess I'm the one usually doing the ranting, but you you said to me while we we're at the brewery, this is gonna be my week to rant. Yeah. So, I didn't know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll definitely get to that, but no, nah, good times on Friday night. And then Saturday we got up got the Waffle House, and then we went to uh, Michael Waltrip's Brewery in downtown Bristol, and that's an awesome spot down there. Brett Griffin brought it up. I didn't even know it was there. He Brett Griffin brought it up. Me and you went out there. It was absolutely slammed there, which is a great thing for Mikey, and went there and had a couple good drinks, and that's an awesome place to hang out. Yeah, definitely a good time Saturday, uh, getting some good food, Waffle House, uh, been drinking some beers, and and then going back down the street to uh, the Burger Bar. So definitely a good time Saturday. And, yeah, the Michael Waltrip Brewery um, was a great time, a really nice spot. I think they just opened it a few weeks back, um, not too long ago. So definitely a good time, um, great spot to check out. They had some good beers. Um, I, I know I had two of the blonde, two-time blonde ales, I think it was. Um, not sure which one you had first. I know it was pretty darker. I had an IPA. I don't remember which one it, uh, exactly it was. I'd have to go look. But I had an IPA, and then I had one of the blonde ales you got after that. Yeah, the blonde ale wasn't bad. It was, it was uh, definitely a good race day beer. Um, that's one of those beers you probably have 10 or 12 of them and you feel all right, but yeah, not too bad. And then, then we, uh, headed back to, to the, uh, camping and started getting ready for race day. I mean, traffic was a nightmare. They had it blocked off to where we couldn't get in the way we wanted to get in. Uh, so tough, tough situation there. Probably lost about 40 minutes or so doing all that. But not too bad. Uh, always good to see a lot of fans there. So I'll take sitting in a little bit of traffic to have a good crowd. Bristol, if, if I've noticed one thing about Bristol, they love just like closing every single turn and every single road around that place. Uh, I mean, there's some some of the turns that were shut down. I'm just like, why? Yeah. For what? <laughs> like, well, and like they just... Another thing is they should have, 
like let traffic flow all together. Like I felt like they every time they'd go to like a crosswalk, you know what I'm saying? Like we'd pull up to the next crosswalk and it'd be time to stop again. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you guys just like say, all right, for five minutes, we're gonna let traffic flow, just you know what I mean? Boom, 45 miles an hour or whatever, 30 miles an hour, and then we'll shut it down for two minutes and then you can walk across at all the crosswalks. And then another five minutes, two minutes, or whatever, something like that. It was the same thing on Friday night when I had just got there, like not as bad, but like there were not that many cars and it just backed up from them just like closing shit down and stopping people for no reason. And sort like this, it was like stop. And I just went up, I like one of the cops, I just like rolled my window down. I was like, I'm going to this campground right here. Can I just ride this shoulder down? There's nobody coming. And he's just like, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, well, I mean, I mean they, they, they look out for the people that are there on property, which I, I, I would much rather happen like, when I'm there on property. You know what I mean? I'd rather be able to cross the road more frequently than, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. If you're sitting in traffic, get to the racetrack earlier. That's the way I but, see it. Either way, yeah, definitely some crazy traffic, but, you know. It wasn't got crazy it. at all. It was just heavy. It wasn't crazy. I don't know what the difference is, but. I've seen crazy. Crazy would have been gridlocked, like, back up to where, like, the school is. That's crazy traffic. Yeah, I got when Bristol was, like, old school Bristol back in 2000, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So like that that's basically what Nashville earlier this year sounded like. Yeah, there you go. That's crazy traffic. But yeah, no, we got in there. That was fine. No, nah, not bad but, at all. I mean we and we were out late. I mean shit, that was what probably about four o'clock almost. Yeah, we got back pretty late because I mean it took us over an hour to get the burger. Not trying to bash burger bar. I love that place. No, nah, they were busy as well. So good to see them doing well, thriving. Uh, especially during the pandemic times. Um, but, yeah, they were busy. Uh, everything was busy downtown Bristol. So, good to see that the NASCAR fans uh, came and spent some money. I'm rocking my Burger Bar shirt right now. That's my favorite spot in Bristol. Stimulate the economy there in old Bristol, Virginia. Hell, yeah. But we uh, – so – I don't know. Any anything else in in the the lead up to the race to bring up before we get to the race itself? No. The driver introductions with uh, were awesome. With well, uh, I might have something, but I'll I'll wait to tie it in here in a little bit because I know we're gonna go. We'll just talk about it. So just go ahead. I'll, I'll say bring, the, I'll the driver in. introduction. The driver introductions with the songs and the guys introducing themselves again were was awesome. Good to see that back. Oh, yeah, but, definitely enjoyed that. Kind of glad I came in for that. Um, yeah, it was a good time for that. I enjoyed it. And Chase yeah. Elliott came out to Eric Church, so uh, Chase won in my book. But, no, definitely some uh, cool to hear those guys' song choices. Those guys, you know, some of them had fun with it. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush is like a lot of other things, just mastered the Bristol driver intro. He's like, if you love yourself some rowdy, say boo. Yeah, you can and, tell tell some of the drivers you got to show up their personalities with it a little bit. Uh, I know Denny Hamlin came out to a shower of booze and he said, I love you too. Uh, <laughs> so definitely the, the Bristol driver intro just gets to uh, 
gets to show a little bit of personality by picking a song. I mean, you had Ryan Blaney having some Whiskey Myers. Um, Quinn Howell, I can't remember who he had. It was something pretty good. Um, there was a few good ones. I think Joy is it Josh Balicki. He was running like a, a a navy scheme and came out to like the navy theme song or whatever. That's right. Yeah, I, I can't um, remember who it was. But so, so yeah, that. just cool to see some personality from the drivers. Hell, you had Ryan Newman not even introduce himself, and I think Ricky Stenhouse was like, "Hey, that's <laughs> Ryan Newman." That was funny. I'm, yeah, Ryan, I'm Ricky Stenhouse. Let's have some fun or something. Yeah, so, he was yeah, like, "That was Ryan Newman, driver of the number six. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely cool to see some personality from the drivers. Um, yeah. Oh, also maybe the the biggest layup of all drivers' songs to pick. How does Ross Chastain not come out to Watermelon Crawl? Yeah, I mean, I guess he played the <laughs> the Watermelon card enough. I mean, don't have to play it every day, all day. Yeah. That's true. Maybe and maybe he's done it before. I'm thinking. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. Because I forgot he – I like, I keep forgetting he's not a rookie. Because no. it's easy – because he ran all those races for premium. Right. So, I keep forgetting he's not a rookie. Yeah. But in my head, he's a rookie because this is his first time driving. It's like, it's like the year Alex Bowman. Exactly. It's like the year Alex Bowman got in the 88. That's literally what I was just saying. So, yep. Yeah. Definitely kind of feels like that. I'm sure he's done it before. Um. But yeah, definitely the driver intros kicked everything off and definitely built up some hype for for what we were about to see. And boy, did we see something. Yeah, saw a classic race, man. Uh, the, the early part, like the first two stages and a lot of the lead early on was exchanged by Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Yeah, I mean, they kind of dueled back and forth. Um then you had Chase Elliott getting up there, leading some laps. Um, just a lot of good racing. Didn't know who had the best car, really, all night. By the way, I was looking for the racing reference page for this race, and the Wheel of Modified race on Saturday was the Miller Lite 200. Where was that at? That was in Riverhead, New York. Ah, nice. I just thought that was awesome, but... Yeah, I'm trying to get, like, all the laps led, page pulled up and everything. But definitely early on in the race, it was Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin trading the lead back and forth. And they had the uh, the two best cars early. But, you know, the race, I mean, just, just great racing all through the race. I mean, you brought up earlier, it was the number one race of all time in Jeff Glock's poll. And, uh, I mean, rightfully so. I mean best bristol race of all time maybe i think you can at least make the argument it's definitely an argument there um certainly it'd be hard to argue against it um i was honestly very skeptical heading into the afternoon um like about 4 30 or so when they didn't reapply the pj1 for the for the cup races when i was like man how can you see that show last night speaking of Friday's Xfinity race and think we don't want to see that again. So I don't know. It was, it was definitely interesting. And that's, um, we talked about earlier, you know, you know, you kind of gave me some shit for Austin Cindric, you know, why aren't you driving the race car or working on the team? Well, 
I guess why aren't me and because I agreed with you, but I guess you can say then why aren't me and you working on the racetrack? Because the racetrack was perfect, and they kind of proved it wasn't necessary. I'd say that that well, track I, race. Yeah, I mean it just depends on what you want. Uh, I mean, like I said, the the first half of the Xfinity race was like early 2000s Bristol, right around the bottom. You had to move somebody up out the way to get the spot if you wanted it. Um, so it was like, I, I was like, man, I can't, I, to see the cup guys in an elimination race, get to race like that, that would be epic, you know? But also, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of side-by-side racing, you know what I mean? And that's what the, the newer Bristol has come to produce is you can get that top lane working and then, you can also run that bottom lane with the PJ one and still kind of make some, make some runs happen. So yeah, it's just a different style of racing. I mean, like I said, I thought it would have been cool to see the cup guys having a beat and bang around the bottom all night, or at least for half the race. Um, but yeah, it's a NASCAR chose to go by side by side racing and it certainly paid off. Yeah. I mean, it was just absolutely awesome racing. Uh, Chase Elliott led a lot in the first hundred laps. Didn't win that first stage. That was won by um, either Denny Hamlin or Kyle. Denny Hamlin won stage one, but Chase Elliott led a lot of laps early and kind of showed he was going to be a player. I think he took the lead away from pole sitter Martin Truex Jr. on lap five, and he didn't look back for about a hundred laps. He he led out there, so he led for for quite a while and a good amount of time in that race but Denny Hamlin was able to get the lead or Kyle Larson was able to get the lead from him and then Denny Hamlin was able to get the lead from Kyle Larson and stage 1 went to Denny Hamlin and we could see in stage 1 that the track was going to be racy all night and it was just going to come down to you know it was we I, and I don't know about you like one thing I brought I texted you I had no idea what was going on with the points the whole night no clue yeah, I mean, we didn't really need to, you know. It was like, this race is too good to care about the point situation. Like, I kind of had an idea of just, like, where everybody was running, you know, uh, and kind of the night everybody was having. But I certainly wasn't worried, like, wasn't point watching or worried about that, you know. Yeah, no, me, me neither. And the only thing I would say is, like, maybe they probably I, – I wish they kind of would have, like, posted that stuff up on the scoreboard more. And given like points as they run, that would have been interesting. Not that it's a big deal. I don't really care because it was just kind of cool at the end of the night to like have absolutely no clue. Like at the end of the night, we we're like, "Who's out?" Like, yeah, I had to text the group. I was like, "So who made it and who didn't?" Like, because like, we're both Kyle Busch fans, and Kyle had that flat tire later on in the race. Oh shit! Kyle, yeah, had, Kyle had the flat tire. Christopher Bell had the flat tire. Both yeah, of I, those I, guys ended up right on the cut line. I remember. So I got tapped on you. I was like trying to. I was like, "Is Kyle out?" And you were like, "Oh yeah, he's done." Like, like you gave like the chop across the neck, like done. Yeah. Like, so like I was like, "Damn, like that sucks." And then, yeah, we'll get in. That was later on in the race. But what an absolutely awesome job by the eighteen team to make that. Because there's a good chance he might have very well been done if they didn't get him. Like heads up move by Kyle to realize the tire was going down, get into pit lane. The crew marvelous, marvelously got him back out there and he only lost one lap somehow. So yeah, I know uh, I, I was watching, I think the radioactive uh, earlier, uh, maybe last night or today or something, but uh, 
Kyle Busch tried to call out which tire it was, and he was like, I think he was like, left front, but I don't know. And then uh, you hear Hirschman on the radio, and he's like, right front, right front, right front. So I don't know if they took two or one. Be interesting to see, go back and kind of piece it together how many tires they took to see if they saved time you know what i mean like they're like look we just need to change this one tire and get him back out there to save as much time as possible um i'm not sure how it all played out i said i didn't i I didn't even know anything had happened because we left our seats with like 70 laps to go to head down to the start finish line for a burnout um he was like in the top three, four, five, and I was like, okay, cool. Like we, Kyle's in this thing. Like we should be safe on points, no matter what. And then we get down there, and I looked at the scoreboard, and he's not even inside the top ten. I was like, what the hell happened? So I texted the group and found that he had a flat tire. And I was like, oh, he's got to be done. Cause he, I mean, he, yeah, he came in with, you know, only a single digit gap, but. He got some – and he didn't even get a lot of stage points. He finished like sixth in stage one and like tenth in stage two. So, he didn't exactly get a ton of stage points. But I because I was watching the NBC like 15-minute recap of the race yesterday, and they have like the live like points chart. And when Kyle pitted, he was literally like – when he came off of pit road, he was tied with Eric Almirola. And he probably had a tiebreaker. Um, yes, I think he did. Yeah, because I, I don't think Almirola had a good finish. So yeah, he was tied with Eric Almirola when he came off a of pit road. With like, a, it was funny. Like he was like plus twenty, and then he came down pit road, and the live points thing was updating, and it's like ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Like it was going down so quick, and like I think Burton was talking about it. He's like, look how many points he's losing. Look at him drop. He's about to drop below him right now. And like his Jeff Burton voice. And, uh, and it, yeah, he ended up literally tied for that last spot and was able to recover and get himself back in it. Yeah. So good for that 18 team. That's definitely a championship effort. Nice. If they can advance their way to the final four, um, it's certainly a, dismal first round for that 18 team um something that they're trying to forget um i think that they'll they'll be better in that in that third and final round if they can get there um this this second round is such a wild card i mean i feel like he kind of i mean the robo's not really much of a wild card to me anymore but talladega and then if anything can happen at las vegas man Dude, the, those restarts get crazy. So it's this round is sketchy. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll talk about Vegas, you know, when we're done with Bristol. But had three playoff races, and all three of them have been absolutely nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no reason to expect this weekend won't be more of the same. But the real there are some guys with just straight up missed opportunities, like you know. Kurt Busch, like, literally, I was just, like, scanning through the field, and, like, on lap 10, like, I landed on Kurt. It was, like, very early in the race, like, lap 10, lap 15, like, the first 20 laps of the race, and Kurt got on the video and said, or, or on the radio that early in the race, and he was just like, we're in trouble, guys. Yeah, I mean, they, they really were. They were out to lunch all day, and it's, it was surprising because Ross Chastain ran inside the top 10 just about all night, I think. And on, on Monday morning, I was driving to work, 
and I was listening to like the radio broadcast, like they were just like replaying the race, and it was like right at the end of the race. And he is Kurt's one of the first people they interviewed, and he it's like, yeah, we just missed the setup. Really bad night to miss the setup. So, yeah, I mean that's what happens with no practice. Uh, like you said, that's exactly what it was. I mean, can't get any more straightforward than that from Kurt. Uh, in this day and age, where you got to pretty much come off the truck with with the race setup um if you got something in there that's that's in left field you're not going to know it until like he said 10 15 laps into the race and and you find out what you got and you're like oh shit how about we're in for a long night here and 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 eric almarola was who i brought up too so i don't even they had that issue with they were smoking i can't remember what exactly was smoking and they had to pit, and they were able to get it fixed and got him back out there pretty quick. But And he was running well at, at, at one point, and he came into the, the race above the cut. And, you know, he just – Eric just had to execute and run top 15, and he was probably going to make it, which is more than anybody expected that team. And this whole round was like that team would run well at the start of races and just – they just don't – I mean, there's a reason they were 25th in points coming into the playoffs. They just – they don't execute. And Saturday night was another example of that. And even after they got that issue fixed, you know, they they were up around the top 10 again at one point, I think. And they just left a lot of points on the table. And a lot of other guys had big issues that cost them finishes. And they had a chance to steal a spot in the next round. And they just – they left it on the table. Yeah, it was actually an oil line that, that was leaking on that, that car. But, I mean, oh, okay. an incredible job by that crew to to get him down. I believe it was under caution when they pitted to fix it. Had to have been because they fixed it. Um, and he then ran top ten after that. So, yeah, it was uh, awesome work to listen to the crew while they did that. They changed the line out. They're like, look, we got the line changed. You're good to go go out there and race and then yeah like i said he had a had a decent night um and then just like you said ended up tied with kyle bush there for the last spot for a little bit um and then kyle was able to drive away from him but kyle ended up finishing 21st one lap down which is just stupid when you think of where down the road finish uh, 19 okay one so, lap down yeah there was only no he was on eric was on the lead lap uh, how many cars on the lead that? 20? Uh, 20, 19. So, last car Kurt, on the lead Kurt, lap. Kurt Busch was the last car on the lead lap. Ah, gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, all good stuff. But, yeah, it was kind of cool to listen to them while they changed that oil line and, and, and keep themselves in the race. It looked like, okay, what could have been a really dismal day. Like you said, we thought they were pretty safe coming into the race. Uh, and then had that issue smoking. Thought that it could have been like a more terminal issue. Um, but after they got that fixed, it was like, dang, they're, are they going to be able to salvage it this day? And they kind of did. And then it just got away from them again at the end. Yeah. I mean, like I say, just, just missed opportunity for them and Kurt Bush. But, and then Tyler Reddick, too. He was running up in the top five a lot and ended up finishing 12th. Not sure what happened to him. So, just add him to the list of, of guys with – like, a lot of those guys just, just straight up missed opportunities. It's not just – like, 
all three of those guys really could have uh, really could have raced their way in the next round with like Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch having misfortune execute when they needed to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of sloppiness from a lot of teams in this first round of the playoffs. Um, it'll be but, interesting, interesting to see if they can clean it up. The remaining, what are we down to, 12 now? Um, the remaining 12 can clean it up. And and I think once you get to this round of 12, if you do have any mistakes, uh, you can't have any more. And the opposite of not ex- executing, what a drive for William Byron. To yeah. get up and get that last playoff spot. That was absolutely incredible for him. You know, I'll be straight up. Like, this race kind of changed the whole way I look at William Byron as a driver. Like, I don't know how you – like, if you feel that way at all, but, like, I didn't think William Byron had that kind of, like, clutch performance in him. Yeah, where, uh, we, we've seen flashes of it, um, but – I, I certainly haven't haven't seen it enough to be like, oh yeah, he's capable of something like this. Um, but definitely, Bru- Bristol Saturday night proved that he is capable of doing something like that. That was just absolute like baller shit right there. Where he knew the objective, he knew what he needed to go out to do. You know, he was still, you know, later on in the race, he was still struggling and was still outside. He was outside that cut like all night. And then he just turns it on, and they told him on the radio, like, what he needed to do. And, and he went up and drove to, to P3. It even had a chance to be in that lead battle that we'll get to there at the end. But what a drive for William Byron, man. Can't give enough credit to him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, was able to go in there and secure the last playoff spot. It looked kind of dismal for both, if not – or actually say, but William Byron and uh, Alex Bowman kind of looked dismal for them last week coming in, but they were both able to uh, pull it off and advance to the round of 12. So, yeah, good for them, but, you know, no more beating around the bush. We'll get into the, we'll get into the, the, the debate here next and the craziness that ensued. So, you had Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott battling for the lead. That was the battle for the win with Kyle Larson in third. And Kevin Harvick, so Chase Elliott's leading. They're battling. And actually, so when we were walking down to the fence, I have a video on my phone, like, in turn one. And I literally think it might be the exact – I got to go back and watch closely. I think I have the video, and I was just happened to be recording at the exact moment. Kevin cut Chase's tire down. Nice. <laughs> like, it, it just dawned on me after I was watching. I'll go back and watch it for sure. But Kevin gets up into Chase and ends up cutting Chase's tire down. So, number one, I don't think either of us have a problem with that. You know, that's Bristol racing, and that kind of stuff's going to happen. So, yeah, it is it, what it is. If anything, I got a problem – with the fact that it's so easy to cut tires down, you know, the next gen can't get here soon enough for, for this simple fact that hopefully that when they, they do rough each other up a little bit, we're not so susceptible to cutting tires down. Um, I mean, you, you, you saw the slightest little bit of contact between the two. 
they were uh, cut Chase's tire down, and he's in the fence. The only problem is, like, the word with those cars is, as listening to DBC, there's other suspension parts on those cars that they might not hold up as well. Right. I mean, when the, there's contact. Be, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's still going to have to be pr- pretty significant contact for suspension to fail. Oh, yeah. What they're saying is that you can't go in there and absolutely go and door bang somebody. You know what I mean? But if you go in there and door, like, rub up on somebody, it's not going to cut the tire like it does these days. Which is definitely a good thing. Yeah, I mean, think about it. We, I feel like it, we, we've we seen a, a big influx or rash of cut tires um, with this body or this style of cup car since I can't remember what year it came out. 2013. Now, that's what I was going to say, but hard, right? it's hard to remember. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like we've seen a, definitely an increase in cut tires. Um than, than before the previous generation bodies. So it would just be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. Um, I feel like it's not something you really see at Martinsville as much. Um, it might just be the speeds at Bristol, the speeds that they're going and, and how they make contact. So not really sure, but yeah, that's the only issue I have with that. Um, like you said, it's just good hard racing at Bristol. They made contact, happened to cut down his tire. And then, so what ensued after is Chase Elliott came, comes back out on the track, kind of like rides around where I think he was, he went out there and wanted to get one back on Kevin Harvick. Like, that was his intent. He wanted to screw Kevin Harvick. And and this is this is where my, my problem comes in with, is that, yeah, Chase raced him hard. And Larson was able to get around Kevin Harvick. So, for me, that's why I didn't have a problem with Kevin's move, and I didn't have a problem with Chase's move either. It's to me, it's an eye for an eye. That's Bristol Racing. You cost me the win, I'm gonna cost you the win. Where I had the problem was Kevin Harvick acting like Chase had no right to race him like that. Like, buddy, you kind of made your own bed there. Like, oh, yeah, that, no doubt about it. And, and Kevin trying to, like, play the victim, like, oh, I just – he's such a child. I can't believe he would race me like that. Like, like, bro, you literally just raced him like that. You literally cut his tire down and cost him the race, and now you're mad he's giving you one back? Like, I mean, we've watched Kevin Harvick race for 20 years. Like, we've seen him make a lot of overly op- optimistic, aggressive moves. And you're like – when you race people like that, he's a veteran of the sport. Like, you're going to get that bad. And and that's why, like, yeah, and Chase races people aggressive too, and, and he gets it back. So that's why I don't, like, I don't have enough the way. That's Bristol racing. But Kevin, it just, ah, oh, I can't believe he would race me hard. Yeah, like, I mean. Like, what's your, that's my issue. Yeah, no, I, I totally see it. I mean, like I said, I, I don't have any issues with it at all. Um. I get why Kevin's Kevin Harvick's frustrated t- totally. I mean, Chase Elliott's out there blocking him, uh, and then lets his teammate go by. I mean, I totally get why Kevin Harvick's mad. Um, and I, I mean, obviously, things these drivers say as soon as they get out the race car is just in the moment. I mean, they probably look back on it Sunday morning and they're like, "What the hell was I doing?" You know. Uh, like I said, I, I think each driver respects each other's 
they they showed a lot of respect to each other after the fact um by the fact that they were just talking no punches were thrown i mean they kind of pointed at each other's chest a little bit and got in each other's faces a little bit shouting match but all in all i mean what 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 more do you want it's saturday night in bristol and feelings are hurt i'll tell you what i wanted i want kevin harvick take his helmet off there on pit road I wanted to see those two fight. <laughs> it's funny, you go back. I, I was down a worm wormhole the other night um, about fucking NASCAR videos and Kevin Harvick altercations. And this video was from a, like a year ago. NASCAR posted it. It's funny, you go back on YouTube and find it. But NASCAR posted this video of like Kevin Harvick altercations throughout the years, right? And dude, Harvick is known for keeping his helmet on, bro. Like. Yeah, like when like the whole Kyle Busch thing, like he ran up to Kyle Busch's car with this. Uh, dude, that's one incident. I'm telling you, like the Montoya 70, incident, like seventy percent of the incidents with Harvick, he's got his helmet on. Yeah, it's like funny. it's bro. funny that Harvick is is known for that. We should call him Harvick Helmet or something. And and then, so they went back in the pits and had their talk, and then like. Like I said, I'm just, like, Harvick kind of, like, pisses me off all around here. Where, like, Harvick comes into the pits and, like, Chase just has this PR girl with him. And Kevin Harvick has this, like, whole entourage of, like, Josh Jones, like, running his mouth. Well, like, a little bit. Like, that was back at the Hullers. That's, yeah. I mean, like, but, like, that's totally different. But I just, like, so Kevin Harvick has this whole entourage with him. Like, Josh Jones is, like. Kevin Harvick and Chase are trying to talk, and I don't know who the hell Josh Jones thinks he is, but Josh Jones is in the middle of Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick's discussion, like, running his mouth. Like, like that would be like if me or you were there. Like, what's is, is Josh Jones qualified to be a part of that because he's Kevin Harvick's friend? <laughs> like, I mean, kind of. That's his PR guy. I mean, I would say he's definitely in that qualified position. But I mean, he's arguing with Chase about like what happened on the racetrack. Like, yeah, I mean, and honestly, then, if I was in that situation, I probably would too. With the track record Chase has, I mean, we can go through some incidents Chase has where he. Well, let's go through some incidents Kevin Harvick has. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's trying to disagree that Kevin Harvick has doesn't have his fair share of incidents. But yeah, I, I, I totally see why Josh Jones or whoever it is was out there, kind of poking fun at Chase Elliott when he's trying to explain his side of the story. Like, man, I don't really race like that. Like, bullshit, you don't race like that, Chase. That's not what – I don't even think that's what Chase said. He said Chase was mad that he did the same thing, that Kevin did the same thing to him at Darlington, and that's what Chase kept referring to. Like, he pulled the exact – like, Chase said that that is a frequent move that Kevin does and, like, gets on people's quarter panels and cuts. And I haven't seen, like – specific incidences of that but that's what chase says is that that's what kevin does is he loves to ride on quarter panels and cut tires down yeah i guess so that's what it sounded like chase was referring but yeah i just didn't like josh jones up in the middle of there and then the whole jordan bianchi deal where jordan bianchi's just trying to do his job and record this argument and Kevin tells Jordan Bianchi stop recording. Jordan Bianchi starts recording again. And then this random dude in the t-shirt that's part of Kevin Harvick's posse, like some random dude in, I don't even know, like some American flag shirt or something. Just big ass dude too. Just squares off Jordan Bianchi. 
Like, who the hell is this big-ass guy in the T-shirt? Like, and why does Kevin Harvick need this giant entourage following him around everywhere? I don't so, know, like, even, even if Chase wanted to get physical, like, Kevin Harvick's posse would have never let – because I hate, 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 not just the posses, but even when they were on pit road and the NASCAR official who got in between the two and threw his arms out and made himself like a tree or whatever he was, like – that dude, like, well, that guy was keeping the crews out of it, which should happen. But no, he got in the middle of Kevin and Chase. Like, no, Chase not at first. To get... Yeah, I'm saying after the fact when right, he got I mean, in there and were... put his arms out. Right. He was like, all right, we'll break it up, boys. If y'all ain't going to fucking fight, but let's break it a, up. Like, I hate crews getting involved, NASCAR officials getting involved, like, posses getting involved. Let these dudes freaking fight. Let well, it's never like, going to go like that unless you absolutely have a ring for them to fight in, which the only place that probably would happen would be Bristol. But then, then it's just like at that point, it's just a gimmick. I said it's you got It's got to be naturally play out. Like I said, neither driver was looking to go fight each other. They were pissed off at each other, and they. I think at first they were like Chase was grabbing Kevin's helmet and shoving his finger up in Kevin's face. Well, because like, Kevin I think when came he, up like Chase. We, Chase, we couldn't, Chase we couldn't go and look for a fight. We couldn't hear the audio, but when Chase grabbed Kevin's helmet, helmet, I can bet he was saying, "Why don't you take this fucking thing off and let's settle this?" Like, yeah, I'm sure like, he was because Kevin Harvick came up to him about ready to whoop his ass, and Chase was like, "Look, take this helmet off and we'll fight." And Kevin said, "I'm a, I want to go rip his head off. We'll go rip his fucking head off then." <laughs> right. Like, and, and that's my only thing. Like, let I, I I wish the officials and crews and everybody just let these guys fight it out. Like, kind of stand back a little bit. If they want to fight, let them fight. We don't need to break up the fight. It's good for like literally the most iconic moment in the history of this sport. Like, what made this sport what it is today was a fight in the 1979 Daytona 500. Yeah, I mean, with and Donnie the, and Kale. The only reason that those were were two drivers fighting. And no crews or NASCAR officials is because they were on the damn racetrack. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, anytime they're parked on the racetrack, we usually see a fight. I mean, you look at John West Townley and whatever his name was rolling around. If you want to call that a fight, that was an altercation for sure. Jeff Gordon and Jeff Burton. Yeah, that's another example I'm thinking of. Um, those are the only two I can really think of that happened on the racetrack where it got physical. Um, but yeah, if it if it's on the racetrack, that that's usually you're gonna see a good fight break out then. Yeah, but I said so, it's tough. It's tough to just be the drivers when it's when you get back to the pit road because like I said I don't know how you keep everybody over the wall. I mean I don't know. They could police it, I guess, but eventually you're gonna have to have a NASCAR officials come in and break it up. So yeah. And, I mean, like I say, I think if Kevin has his helmet off there, we would have seen a fight. I think so, too. If Kevin Harvick rolls up to Chase Elliott like that, yelling at him with his helmet off, I think we could see Chase Elliott throw some swings. I mean, God, like, I wish get, they – like I said – Get out of my I, face. I, I and wish I mean, like, a... And like I said, maybe this is why Harvick leaves his helmet on because he's not really looking for a fight, but he's just looking to kind of get in your face and, and yell I, at you a little bit. Push I wish they had mics or mics or something because I mean I, I I mean I just would have loved to hear like what Chase said like when he started grabbing Kevin Hart the bottom of Kevin Harvick's helmet and yelling something like 
you know damn well he would say like take the damn helmet off bitch or something like that like i mean i i mean I, I i would pay a lot of money to hear what was said there yeah for sure it'd be interesting to see how it played out how it plays out going forward um but it's funny we it kind of has come full circle because you know we were talking about saturday afternoon yeah yeah you said about. get back to what you wanted to get back to yeah so what were we talking about saturday afternoon uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Last year's race and how Kyle Kevin Harvick, Bush. Kyle Busch. Yeah. Okay. 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 So how Kyle Busch raced Kevin Harvick last year versus how I know, now I know Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott they kind of they cut each other's tires or whatever, but I don't think Kevin Harvick did that intentionally. I don't think you think that either way either, right? What? What wasn't intentional? Kevin Harvick cutting Chase Elliott's tire. No, it was intentional. Was intentional? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, dude, you're a clown. He knew what he was doing. Nah. I thought I thought what we did, talked about earlier, like 10, 15 minutes ago, that that was his hard racing at Bristol. It was, but he knew what he was. I'm not saying, but what I'm I don't saying think he is, literally went in there with the pre notion saying, "I'm going into this corner and going to cut down Chase Elliott's tire right now." There's no I mean, way he thought that that thought crossed his mind. There's no way in hell. I I don't know. I think he now, went did in he there. go in there? Does he know that? Yeah, I mean, he he knows that if he makes contact, it it could cut his tire. Yes. Right. Yes, but I, like I said, I think he knew what he was doing there at that point. Like. So all and, and, and all and this I'm 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 not saying I blame Kevin Harvick, but I'm just like all I don't think. Hang on, how do I word this? I don't think Chase Elliott necessarily owed Kevin Harvick one. Like, yeah, it sucked and it ruined Chase Elliott's race. Now he certainly has the right, every right to ruin Kevin Harvick's race, right? But most guys, you don't think he play. owed Harvick one? Like I said, I, no, I mean, like I said, he, Chase Elliott, I think, was just, it wasn't all of bristle. It was everything that had been building, you know what I'm saying, for Chase. He had, it was just tired of Kevin Harvick shit in that moment. Like, all right, you've roughed me up, you've me up two out of the last three weeks. I just disagree in, in, in general. I think you cost somebody a race, they're going to come back and cost you the race. It's, okay, that's, okay, so that's, the, that's the way you think of it, right? Yes. So that's exactly why I think Kyle Bush didn't. Go to the back bumper and put the bumper to Harvick last year. Yeah, it's would good. Harvick have ever gotten back to him? It's not a matter of fact about Bristol. I'm talking about later on down the road. Well, guess what? Like, like this is what we talked about Saturday too. Uh, Kyle didn't get rough with Kevin Harvick last year, and then what happened later in the playoffs? Kevin Harvick wrecked Kyle Busch at Martinsville. Straight up wrecked. Went in turn three and wrecked him at Martinsville. Yep. So. It would be interesting to see how it plays out. If Kevin Harvick goes back and gets more revenge on Chase Elliott or not. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this is just Kevin Harvick. I mean, and, and and I'm not saying I love or hate Kevin Harvick for it. Like, this is Kevin Harvick. I don't think he's a guy that respects his competitors. I think he's a guy that will go out there. He'll do anything to win. He's not there to make friends, which is fine. And he doesn't respect his competitors. We saw it at Talladega in 2015 when he wrecked the whole field with a blown-up motor. 
like, I, will, I will give you that. There's credit there that he does. He sometimes some of the things he does shows lack of respect. I'll put it that way. I think he does respect his competitors, but there's times where he lapses in judgment and loses that train of thought. Like he'll respect you until, like, like he'll stab you in the back in a heartbeat, and that's like what right, it right. right. He respects was. you until he needs something. Yeah, and that's what him and Kyle like have per, like off the track and on the track like have been very complimentary of each other and raced each other very well the last few years, including Bristol last year. We get to Martinsville last year. Kevin Harvick needs one point, just straight up junks Kyle, like straight up wrecks him. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think it's like Kevin Harvick will probably do that in any any guy. I mean, I, I would I, anybody would be desperate in Kevin Harvick shoots at Martinsville at that point. You know what I mean? I don't think it was necessarily like Kyle Busch, like I'm. You know what I mean? It was anybody that was in front of Harvick was getting wrecked. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely. And, and and it's also I think that that driver would probably, especially because Kyle Busch wasn't still in the playoffs at the time. Had it not been a playoff driver, you know, and it cost him anything. I mean, essentially a good finish or whatever. Um, it would be almost more of like an understanding thing. Like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out how Kyle Larson feels about it now. But when Kyle Larson got roughed up by Ryan Newman. The, oh, yeah. And the, the do anything to get into the next round kind of mantra there at Phoenix back in the day. So, okay, I think it's just kind of just depends on, on the situation. Um, and it's not necessarily on the driver. I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Does Kevin Harvick go back and get Chase Elliott? Um, I think old Harvick does. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how new Harvick, if his, I think it's if his tune a, has changed throughout the week. I think it's kind of a deal where I don't like, I don't, I think he's going to go out there and wreck Chase, but they're certainly not going to cut each other any breaks. Like, yeah, certainly not. I mean, and as I as I would expect, I feel like the score was settled Saturday. Yeah. But but neither one of them raced with any respect for each other Saturday, and that's how they'll race for the rest of the year. Well, the, and that's just what it was to me, like an eye for an eye, like on Saturday. Right, no doubt, no doubt like, about it. On Saturday, Kevin cut Chase's tire, and Chase cost him the win. That's that's. To quote that's short track racing. To quote Denny Hamlin, like that is literally short track racing. You cost me the win, I cost you the win. Yep. So like I have no problem with anything that happened there, other than my only problem is Kevin Harvick's lack of accountability, where he's just oh, I can't believe he would race me like that. Like why not? Why wouldn't he? Well, I mean I don't know. You 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 would be in the same you would be saying the same thing if it was you. You can't just hop out of the car and be like, well, yeah, I, get, I had that one coming. Can't really say that, I don't think. I said, I, I said, Harvick doesn't think he, I said, in his mind, I know Chase Elliott says he roughed him up at Darlington. And Harvick probably looks at that as hard racing because they were three wide. And then this is another hard racing incident. And it just happened to be the same guy. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just a weird situation. But hey, it's good for ratings. I think a lot of people are talking about it this week. Um, it's good for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I don't know, not much more to add on it. It's just fantastic racing. Yeah, sorry, my, we must be chit-chatting for a while here. My fucking TV just, like, went black. 
Jesus Christ, hour and a half. Whew. Yeah, we've All been right. going at it. Going at it for a while. But let's so wrap it up then. Bristol. It's Bristol. It's Bristol, baby. So yeah, good uh, weekend. Kyle that Larson with the never win. stood a chance. Down goes the bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah, Larson with the win. Um, fun times. Sounds like your motor didn't make it the whole night. It did not. Ended up blowing a motor right before bed. Laid down, and the tent was spinning. I said, oh, this ain't good. So I, said, <laughs> I laid there until, until I hit the rev limiter. And when she hit the rev limiter, I had to op- get up and open up the tent. After about two minutes, I was ready for bed. Yeah, we were both absolutely lost in the sauce and went in some different directions. But, yeah, it was... It was an interesting night. But yeah, on to Vegas. Well, Vegas, we got, like I said, they, I brought it up earlier. They've had three playoff races in Vegas, and all three of them have been nuts. We had 2018 overtime. Brad Keselowski wins, like, first race of the playoffs. Half the playoff field had issues. 19, true X1. A lot of playoff guys had issues. That's when Kyle Busch ran into uh, Garrett Smithley and gave one of the best interviews of all time. And then we had uh, last year's race, a lot of guys with issues again. And we had Kurt Kurt Busch end up winning on some uh, pitch strategy. So Vegas has been an awesome playoff race for three straight years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm looking at the schedule now. It's kind of weird to be a late night for us East Coasters over here. Look, it's only a 400-miler uh, starting 7 o'clock on Sunday. Oh, I forgot but, about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be Damn for it. those fans. I know it was hot as hell there a few years back. So, I know they do it for the fans that are there. Um, Just yeah. Saturday night. Is so much more preferable. But, I mean, I know it's all about TV ratings and they want to do whatever's going to pop a rating. But, but damn. I mean, Saturday night would be perfect. Yeah, you hate to see it. Luckily, I'm on vacation next week, so. Bastard. I'll be up drinking many a beers watching the race Sunday night. Holla. Bastard. Um, but, Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You just want to get into the picks. I don't really have much for for, for Vegas. Kind of a straightforward mile and a half. Things can get crazy. Restarts are always crazy on a mile and a half. Um, like I said, we could see more cut tires and and really change and shake up this playoff. Yeah, it, it's going to be wild. You know, this is this this whole round's just going to be nuts. Vegas, Talladega, Roval. All three of those races can get pretty naughty. Like, and I mean, this is probably the least wild card of those three races. So, I don't know. It's going to be a wild round, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, you want to get into – we'll do safe picks for the last? Uh, Yeah. You want to get into Outlaws a little bit before we pick? or? Yeah, we can do a little recap. Um, they only had what one night show this week, Saturday night. Um, Keller Auto. What is it? Auto Speedway. Yeah, Keller Auto Speedway. That's right. Um, and and I think I'm pretty sure you picked up the the dub this week. Uh, I, I forgot to write them down, but I'm pretty sure you uh, are the one that picked Macedo. 
I did pick Macedo. Because of uh, old Tom Tarleton is his nephew, or his uncle, I should say. Yeah, he was able to go back-to-back in this race. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good for him. That was an important win for him and his family, I'm sure. And it was I didn't stay watching after the race, but I'm sure it was a big celebration for them. Yeah, he said uh, he was yelling and screaming, lost his voice because he was yelling and, and real emotional after the win. I mean, he grew up literally just minutes from the racetrack there, um, had tons of friends and family in the crowd. So, oh, crowd was going crazy, too. It was loud. Certainly a huge win for Macedo picking up the win in his hometown. Um, and, and one of the biggest paydays of his career. Um, just the other week, he won the twenty-five grand out of the Skagit Nats, I believe it was. Um, and then comes out here and wins another twenty-one grand at the Tom Tarleton Classic or whatever it was this weekend. Um but yeah, it wasn't without uh, some issues. I know uh, in hot laps they they had a rear end go go sour on them, and they had to swap out a rear end. And then after they swapped out the rear end, he was able to go out and set fast time and uh, qualifying. Um, ended up finishing, I think, second or third in the dash. Um, Brad Sweet was able to pick up the win in the dash, and you had Sweet go out there and lead. I think the opening ten laps or so. And then that's when uh, Macedo was really able to capitalize with some lap traffic and made the move on the inside of Sweet and then kind of never really looked back. But early yeah. on that race, when Sweet was leading, you had uh, Logan Schuhart, who, who this, this will go unmissed most of the night because he didn't really get the finish he deserved, but they had a, a wicked fast car throughout the night. He finished fifth. He drove back up to fifth after. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to say. It's this impressive drive after having to come back and fix the front nose wing. Uh, it looked like maybe some contact with him and Sweet early in the, the race. Uh, kind of knocked it off its hinges or whatever, and then it ended up peeling itself all the way back. Um, so, yeah, I hate to see that for Shuhart, but that team was able to get it fixed. And able to drive back up to the field and, like I said, finish fifth, I think you said? Yeah. I got it right here. Uh, yeah, he drove back up to fifth after having to fix that nose wing. So, uh, good job. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I, you said you, he didn't get the finish he deserved. That's why I added that in there. But, um, oh, yeah. like I said, I think he should have been on the podium. Oh, yeah. He, no, he, no, he had a wicked fast car. And we saw, by the way, speaking of the podium, that move on the last lap, Brad Sweet made around James O'Fadden for second. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, aggressive move around the teammate, but a uh, great move nevertheless to go up and get second place. So that was some fun racing there late. You know, you had some guys with good – Shane Golbeck finished fourth. I don't – has he run in any Outlaws races this year? I don't know. It was weird. So it was like – I, I, we were, I went back and watched the highlights or whatever, and I see the 17 car, and it's painted up like the NOS, like Sheldon Hoddenshield. But earlier in the race, he, he caught, his car caught fire or whatever. And so I'm like, damn, they repaired that car that caught fire, and he's out here battling for a top five. And then I looked up at the, the ticker or whatever, and it's Shane Golovic. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think – I don't know if he's run any outlaws races this year. Obviously, a uh, – Great midget and uh, non-wing guy, but 
Yeah, I'm not I, sure. Not sure if he's running the LL events or not this year. It'd be interesting to find out. But and then the one cat was having a great run. Um, who was? I'm I'm looking for the uh, DJ Neto. Yes. Him and David Gravel got together, but he was having a great run before that. And yeah, him, him and Donnie Shots were putting on a show. Yeah, him and Gravel and him and Shots were racing the piss out of each other. Uh, Dominic Selzy had a great run as well. So definitely some some different faces up there battling and were, that were definitely a part of this. Yeah, uh, definitely some good stuff out there in the West Coast. I know those boys are headed back kind of to the East Coast with a uh, – a two-night show this weekend, um, one at Eldora for the Four Crowns. Uh, it's the night before the Crowns, I should say, uh, on Friday the 24th. And and then uh, Saturday they head back to the great state of Pennsylvania for the Commonwealth Clash at Lernerville. And then... um. Speaking of Pennsylvania, we had a couple All-Stars races there this weekend. Wanted to update the Pulse Sitter actually won both races this weekend, but that that makes it seem like they weren't great races, and there was definitely still some great racing there. Uh, Anthony Macri won on Friday night at Williams Grove, so a big win for, for Anthony in that one. And then the Dirt Classic on Saturday at Lincoln, 20000 to win. Justin Peck took it home from the pole, so... Awesome win for Justin Peck. Freddie Raymer drove from 11th to 2nd was part of that. But big win for Justin Peck. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's another twenty grand in their pocket. They've picked up uh, numerous big wins this year. Uh, but, yeah. By the way, we haven't mentioned on the podcast yet. It's been a few weeks now. But Aaron Reitzel, Reitzel is back in the saddle running for the All-Stars. Yeah, so they are kind of gearing up. Uh, word on the street is they're going to attempt to go full-time outlaws next year with that team. Oh, okay. So they're, they're gearing up, running the, probably the rest of the uh, all-star schedule. And, and then, who's that team with? Ah, uh, damn. I don't have that information on me. Okay. Yeah, that's not not a huge deal. But, yeah, that, I mean, good for them. It was fun. I, I, I just – it's been, like I said, it's been a few weeks now, but we kept forgetting to bring it up on here. But that – um that – those shirts, the the jailbreak tour, I mean that's pretty good. Like, you kind of brought it on yourself, but you gotta have some fun with it, I guess. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, anything to sell some merchandise, you know. Oh yeah, no doubt. So, hadn't brought that up on here, but yeah, definitely big wins for those guys. Big win for Justin Peck. Uh, we're big Justin Peck fans here, so him to get to victory lane, win a twenty thousand dollar purse at Lincoln, that's pretty awesome for him. So that team is the RSR car. Not sure what that stands for. Um, okay. But, yeah, they plan on going true outlaw schedule in 2022. So we'll be on the looks out for that. Um, but, yeah. Well, we got Eldora, Lernerville this weekend. Yeah, Blake let's get into some up. picks here. Um, let me pull up the notes so I can write them down. While I'm doing that, you go ahead and make them out make the picks. All right, we doing NASCAR first, or are we going dirt first? It doesn't matter. However you. All right, we'll go dirt you, first. All right, give me Friday, uh, Friday, Saturday, just around Friday around, night. Around. Uh, um. Friday night, Eldora. All right, Friday night, Eldora. I'll go with. 
uh, Sheldon Hodenshield. He won here earlier this year in May. I'll say Sheldon Hodenshield gets back to victory lane. All right. Um, Friday night show, I will take rock solid David Gravel. All right. And then uh, Saturday, Lernerville. I'll go Brad Sweet. Um, he won here earlier this year. Remember that race he won, beat Cy Lynch, and it started to pour as soon as they took the checkered flag? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say Brad Sweet. He's awesome at this track. He gets back to victory lane there. Yeah, he's definitely very good there. I will take Logan Schuhart. All right. And then Truck Series, Friday yeah, night. Triple header, yeah. Um, I'll say kind of been on a little bit of a cold streak. John Hunter Nemechek gets back to victory lane. Hmm, it's a good pick. They're good on these mile and a half. I'm, I'm pretty sure they still have that. Earlier this year. And Chris Hacker is running for Nice. Yeah, in the 45. Yep. Um. I Drew Dollar in the 51, by the Matt way. Matt Crafton. Matt Crafton for you. All right, so that'll be his first win of the season. So, And a win this weekend will lock you into the championship. So, Yes, it will. The championship that's still two months away. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you'll definitely have two months to sleep well if you win this weekend in the trucks. Yeah, that's Definitely before going to Talladega and Martinsville, which are, is definitely wild cards for that truck series. And then, meanwhile, the first race of the Xfinity Series playoffs this weekend at Vegas. Who you got there? Uh, give me the hometown kid. I'll go Noah Gregson. He's been on a little bit of a run here. All right. Well, he ran here good here earlier this year, led some laps. It, it's going to happen eventually. And I want to be on it when it does. And I'll say Daniel Hemrick finally gets better. Lay some money down. I don't know. He he's usually doesn't have crazy odds, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be. I want to be on it when it happens. And by the way, uh, Xfinity eliminations. You got any surprise picks or anything? Or I kind of feel like there's four guys who definitely crash a lot of cars and are the four underdogs to make it through. Clemens, Herbs, Jones, Snyder, do you think we see any surprises or do those four get eliminated? Yeah, I don't think we see any surprises. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, those four like to crash a lot. of. Well, uh, other than Jeremy. Jeremy just doesn't have the equipment. But Herbs, Jones, Myatt, those three like to crash a lot of cars. So they're going to have a hard time getting through if they're going to crash cars. And these are three tracks where it will be easy to do just that. Yep. And then Sunday's cup race at Vegas. Who you got there? I'm going to take the hometown kid, Rowdy Rowdy Bush, y'all. Gotcha. You kind of had me. I didn't know if you were going to go Kurt, Kurt Bush back-to-back or Kyle gets back to victory lane. But I'm going to go with the guy. So 550 track, favored, definitely favored Hendrick all year. He's been in the news this week. He needs a big win. I'm going to say Chase Elliott gets to victory lane and the siren goes off in Dawsonville. Not if Kevin Harvick has anything to say about it, he won't. I don't know. 
driving an NSHR car on a mile and a half, he's probably going to be too slow to even see Chase. So. Not, when, not when he's getting lapped. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, what about cup eliminations, you think? Uh, I know we already, you know, did our championship four, but, I mean, any you think we see any surprises this round? I mean, I will definitely see some surprising guys not get through, but, I mean, any bold predictions, I guess? Uh, yeah, I uh... – not really. I think the road will be straightforward, more straightforward than it has been in past years. Um, and then Talladega is going to be just obviously the craziest one of this round, and anything can happen there. I think I'm going to say, because this is where it gets certainly, interesting. Certainly the guy that wins uh, Sunday night will be sleeping very well. Is I think all, all the right, boards are at a disadvantage. But with the way this round is set up, those guys run so good at Talladega that I don't. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Like, but I'll go ahead and I I'll say I think Harvick's out. I think Brad's out. I think. I don't know. I I, I was going to say. But, this round is going to be good for the Fords. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, in any other circumstance, like the Fords are big underdogs, but this round's going to play into their hands. But you have guys with advantages everywhere in this round. That's where it gets interesting. Like, Christopher Bell is a guy a lot of people are probably going to pick to get eliminated, but he runs very good at, the, at road courses. He won it. The Daytona Roval earlier this year, so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be fun to see. I, I, my bold prediction is I think all four get Joe Gibbs racing cars are gonna get through the next round. I don't know if that's that's bold, but that's what I'm gonna say here. I haven't decided like who all. I think I'm gonna put out uh, Keselowski, Harvick, Bowman, and. I guess it would have to be Byron for my prediction to come true. Yeah. So I'll say Keselowski, Harvick, Boom, and Byron go out. It's going to be my prediction. Yep. We'll see how it plays out. But I think all four Gibbs cars get through. That's what I'm going to say. There you have it. Well, that was a hell of a show. We went for about two hours. Definitely a ton to recap from Bristol. But it's – uh. It was a fun show, and it's going to be a good weekend in Vegas. Yes, sir. You still going to do the show on vacation next week? Yeah, should be able to. All right, sweet. Hell yeah. All, All right, right, man. Well, I'll holler at you then. Later. See ya.